Shut up and sit down. Push bikers made a big comeback, and that's terrific because riding push bikes is a really healthy pastime. Who did it? Lance Romance. Really? Lance, come here. It's week nine, and Lance is still making rookie mistakes. I want Lance to learn these things because if he learns them, our whole crew benefits from it so you get nothing you lose good day sir check it out yeah y'all here we go again turn it up bring the noise you are listening to the dialed podcast with matley grand evan price lance hepler and jake von during bass how low can you go remain seated please permanecer sentados por favor hi and welcome back to the dial podcast i am jake von during i'm here with lance Friggin' Hepler. What's up, Lance? What's up? What's happening? Boys, it's Lance Friggin' Hepler. Friggin' Hepler. Here I am. I just had a teammate uh, paint a new bike frame for mm-hmm. me. I got a new, I'm, I'm working on a new uh, road bike, and I didn't like the color it came in, so I had teammate Mike Hansen uh, paint part of it for me, and when he when I went and picked it up yesterday, he was like, I was going to put... Lance friggin' Hepler right on the oh, top tube. Such a missed opportunity. <laughs> he goes, but my wife would let me do it. She's like, what if he wants to sell this bike? He can't sell the bike with Lance friggin' Hepler on. You know, that's a good point. he does have one of those die cut sticker machines. Yeah, that's what the he, transfer sticker. Did yes. he put one on there? This is Lance friggin' Hepler. No, he did not. No, I know that he probably used that to you to make some of the out cuts of the the BMC logo. Probably, maybe. Yeah. Well, I, we didn't have to replace any. Oh, any got stickers. You, it was straight color. It was just straight color. Okay. So, well, maybe he can make you a sticker that can go on there. That can be taken off in the event that you do <laughs> want to sell your bike, even though you never sell your bikes. <laughs> Don't sell my bikes. <laughs> Delines has left. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking pretty good. Looking pretty good today. I Tomorrow, feel we don't good. Know. You feel good. Looking I good. Feel feeling good. good. You look better though, Matt. <laughs> Let's. Call the spade a spade. Let's be honest here. The <laughs> listeners want to know honesty. They want to hear the real truth. It's all ginger love. Do I look? Matt I look, look a little bit rough. You, you look stressed because a little bit. Because cross country season has started, and I'm like not even sleeping. I'm like, oh, I got to remember this. Oh, I got to remember that. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Do you guys like maintain like a social media account for that as well, or is that something that's not? Really there is there's stuff, there's stuff on Facebook and then there's like 20 Instagram accounts and I think like the high school kids over the years have just constantly started a new Instagram account and so I'm like oh, which one of these is the legitimate because it'd be nice to take over that and actually promote the team. Yeah. You so. do a good job with that. That's why I ask. I I do I'm looking for more responsibility and more things to take on. Yeah, because I'm just know, 40 hours isn't enough. I'm right? bored. I'm bored and I'm sitting on my hands. I just don't know what to do with myself <laughs> and so yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Hey, we know what we're doing on this podcast today. Do we want to do that part first? Do you guys want to backpedal it, kick it old school like we did last week again? I don't know. Whatever you guys want to do. Old cool. school. Let's, we'll go old school? Let's just get the backpedal out of the way. I know it's not going to be long it over here. It should be short because yeah. it hasn't been that happened. long since we've been three days, days since podcast. we met. Wait, yeah. it's Tuesday. When did we record? Friday. 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 Came I, out on Saturday. Yep. Yeah, I did a ride on Saturday. did like just the Prune Hill cruise. I needed to test this new bike computer that I'm... Uh, working on it's it's called a Brighton 750 SE, which is a little bit confusing because I've reviewed the Brighton 750 E before. It's isn't that crazy? Come Nomenclature on, like just Why call you, it a I don't know 751 or 760 751, or yeah. Yeah, yeah anything. They could have gone with any sort of number difference, but they didn't. And um, it's a similar device, but it's just like the upgraded version or the newer version. Basically, it's got a longer battery life, 40 hour battery life. If you Change the settings just right. Ah. It's got um, USB-C. It's got a climbing feature. It, it Brighton has some weird stuff where you can kind of communicate with other people that have Brighton All computers. those Brighton computer All users out there. So <laughs> many. Yeah. And I'm like... And enough to make you switch? Is it is it good enough to make you switch? Oh, no. Okay. But it, but it is another uh, piece on the market. It's another computer for people to consider. $250. Uh, it's and it's color. It's color. Point. It's yeah. touchscreen. And so it's kind of like, it kind of checks a lot of the boxes. It does not have the predictive climb feature. And I kind of feel like that's a st- 
standard now that Wahoo finally implemented it. Like it was kind of all the Hammerhead had it for a while. And then all of a sudden, like Garmin did it and then pretty fast follow, I'd say maybe three months later, like Wahoo's like, yeah, we can do predictive climbing too. Mm -hmm. They all did it. It all works really well. I like that because I don't tend to put in routes for my rides. Mm -hmm. And and I think a lot of the, we'll say smaller companies that are doing bike computers, it's it's not something that's going to be easy for them to do because I do think it's like difficult stuff technically. So So you get a discount on the price, but you lose that feature, which... Yeah. I mean, Brighton's... kind of a big feature, if you ask me. It's a... It's a a big selling point. Yeah. And then I'd say navigation isn't quite as good. Um, It's just like... You'll come up to a, you'll come up to, you guys are going to not, people are not even going to have to watch my video because they're going to have all the scoop from our podcast. You come up to a turn and then of course you've got another turn, like whatever, you know, hundred meters up the road, like super short up the road, you're doing another turn. It'll give you the turn up the road and not the one that you're on. It'll be like, yeah, you're turning right. And you're like, no, you're supposed to turn left, then right. And it's doing that. It must have some sort of trigger that like, whatever it is, a quarter mile or half mile show, you know, the whatever turn that's coming up or whatever. And so it's like showing this turn early and then you get to that turn and it's showing the next one. Stuff like this, like little things like that, that Garmin and Wahoo, these guys, they've got it figured out because they've done this for so long. They don't have as many issues, but it does navigate you places and it will reroute you correctly. I've I've had good luck with that, with that device, but yeah. So did some climbing because Prune Hill is a great place to do both navigation and climbing and... Yeah, it's so okay. Back in the day when I used to ride bicycles. Yeah, a um, long time ago. I remember. I remember I used it. to be around a lot of people. I don't think I've ever seen a Brighton computer no. in the wild. Yeah. Not a single one. And I've I, you know, run across quite a few people. You have seen a lot of cyclists in your day. A few, yeah. I probably have seen one. And that's probably like going to some road race and seeing like one person and being like, Whoa, you got a Brighton computer. It's He's like, Yeah, I want it on this rare. YouTube channel called yeah, Matt LeGrand. That's probably that's probably you're probably exactly right. Yeah, because I for a long time I was giving stuff away, um, and I haven't been doing that as much lately. But uh, that video will come out in the next three weeks. But I did get out and test some stuff, and mm. went for a run as well. Hit up hit up Heritage Trail, and it's been smoky here. A little bit, yes. yeah, yeah. a little bit. So you probably got away from it when you went uh, to the coast this weekend. Coast. Yeah, yeah, let's hear let's hear your backpedal. My backpedal, right over. I did. I went um, to Astoria, Washington, yeah. and went on a Oregon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very close to the Washington it border. Is, it is on the Washington border. My bad. But it is in Oregon. Story, Good point. Oregon. <laughs> and I went right over my head. I <laughs> went on a fishing trip with my son. It was a blast. We um, went on a... To catch a, anything? A guide boat. Yep. Some salmon. Yep. You, got, you got some for me? Barrett caught his very first uh, Chinook salmon, which Whoa. was kind of cool. And cool. yeah, we've got, you know, we already ate one of the big fillets last night with the family Does he was, was he loving it does it taste better that he now that he caught it tasty good yep and yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like hey that's kind of cool i mean i caught this and we're eating it for dinner and it's it's good and, yeah yeah i'm gonna read your fridge when you're podcasting <laughs> you'll be podcasting talking about you're something gonna, important you're gonna go out quote to the bathroom i'll be right yeah. back guys <laughs> and we were hoping fish. to bring home a lot more fish but it is what it is we brought home quite a few pounds yeah. um not quite a few several fillets and it's uh good eats how did your shoulder hold up with all of that fine Nothing, yeah, no yeah. pain, so no my, ankle pain. My no goal for that pain, whole no. trip was just for him to catch his yep. first salmon because it was an experience that I wanted him to have. So we were on a guide's boat, which was a fantastic service. It was a fantastic boat. It was a really good time. And there was um, a couple, like two other guys out there as well that had, you know, they're at the front of the boat and we had the back of the boat. And so we had our rods in the out in the water and we were fishing, you know, just slow trolling. And my thing was, is like, whichever pole hit, I'm going to have him reel in the fish because I wanted to yeah. have him have the experience. I've caught plenty of big fish in my day, and that was mission accomplished. So cool. Um, all said and done, I didn't reel in any fish because I was more so interested in him getting that experience. Sure. And then I was running a little GoPro so that we could uh, you know, oh, cool. capture the uh, the moment. So Did you see the sea lion docks? I did not. Well, from a distance, I could hear them, though. Did you oh, go right. to the Goonie house? No, we did, did not. Did you go to, to the Astoria column? Did you no, really did even, not, did did you you even really go to, even go to Did you really even go to Astoria? He didn't want to see any of this stuff. This whole weekend was more about him, just kind of like a father-son trip, and he wanted to do certain right. things. So I told him next time we come back, though, those things are happening. <laughs> okay, those, those are the three things in yeah. Astoria. Does, does he have football starting? Did he have football start yesterday? Yeah. How was that? 
Good, good. Well, actually, they started last week, and oh, they had they start we, before us somehow. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, possible. it was like the the latter part of last week that they started. I'm just say that my kids are doing football. My runners, they're, they're just running. They're running for football. <laughs> oh, yeah. they switched to they switched to cross country. Yeah, like all hundred kids. We we traveled home on Monday and had to leave in time so that we could get back for him to eat and rest and get ready for football right. practice. So. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a real good time, fun weekend, and I did jump back on the trainer. It was the first time I'd pedaled anything in two weeks. Wow, and that's probably the longest break you've had since I was broken five years ago. Since yeah. you're broken, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, it was. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe just, it's just time. Maybe you need a break. This, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I have my runners take like two weeks off after cross country practice, and they take two weeks off after track. Like two, I mean, not that I take a ton of time off either, yeah, but still. I don't mind taking some time off. I just don't want to do it in the middle of summertime. The weather's True. too nice out. Even if it is a little smoke out, you don't want to be missing all of these it. rides and all of this glorious weather. I hear you. Sucks. I hear you. That's right. How about you, Lance? Did you get on the bike? I did get on the bike. Uh, Saturday, I decided to go join the yeah. East Side ride. I, I did stalk you on Saturday. I was yeah. like, maybe Lance is home. I'll go bike over to his house. And I looked and you were like, Gone. he's in like southern oregon somewhere no, i was in south of portland i was in tualatin yeah um that's far. yeah kind of gaston yeah sherwood area on the other side of portland uh daniel Payne is this uh old dude who does big rides every weekend and he throws out a, a strava invite every weekend and i decided to join it on saturday nice so uh, went over. Of course, I was late because uh, the ride started at nine, and I decided to go at eight thirty. And mm, <laughs> it's yeah. a like thirty-one minute drive. Oh, so. I thought it was an hour drive to get over no, there. No, it's like, not bad. Not Dan, on Saturday morning. You, you use that term, old guy. He's he's older, but sixty-five or something like that. He can 64. still get after it on the bike, and Very he puts so. in big miles too. Like he, I, for for a while there, he was doing a century every single week. Still does it. Every single week. He does a century every, every week. Saturday. Wow. Outside, and sometimes no matter also whether, Sunday. Yeah. Yes. So he's yeah. logging, like, I think there was one point in time he's like fourteen or 15,000 miles in a year. I'm like, good Lord. And the first time I ever met him was somehow we got connected on doing the STP ride. I think it was the second year that I did it. He ended up jumping on our train and, and sure. rode with us for the, the, the latter half of that and did just fine. Keep it up, <laughs> you know, taking his poles. And I was like, dude. Way he to go. did STP again this year. Yeah. So he's like, he, that's another single ride. day, I assume. It's yeah. a yeah, single he, day. He does single day, right? Yeah, like 20. He said he averaged like 21 something yeah. for the whole STP. Yeah, so good for not him. too many stops. Yeah. But yeah, I showed up. There were a whole bunch of hitters there. Uh, Rob Tornai, Greg Steele, Ben Vanderzan, Van and Zach Winter. Um, there, were, there were all these really fast guys. And I got my ass handed to me. So it was <laughs> it was it was a good ride. There were some attacks and some sprint points and oh, that's there were some hill climbs that I just could not hang on to. So it was it was a good ride for me to be on. I think I rode like it was like sixty two miles. I did like that's what a you wanted, right? Century. You said yeah. you wanted to kind of get somewhere in that sixty yeah, sixty range. 60, 70 if I correctly. So yeah, it ended up being a great ride, and the weather was great. We didn't; the smoke wasn't that bad on Saturday, and so uh, I had a good time. So, thanks, guys, for letting me crash your party. So, yeah. we when I was riding with Daniel, we were like half. We both got dropped at one point, and and we worked together to pull the group back. And we were able, me and Daniel, were able to pull the group back, but mostly because they had to stop at a stop sign. But we were able to take, pull take him your back. victories however you get them, my friend. And we were in the group after that, and he's like, "Hey, dialed guy, what's your name?" And I'm like, "I'm Lance." He's like, "Oh, you're the van life guy." And I'm like, <laughs> "Van life, yeah, guy. I guess I am the van life guy." So that's funny. Anyway, he said some nice things. Uh, Sunday, um, we had an AQI hovering around 150 here in Ooh, the Portland, Vancouver yeah. area. So I chose not to ride outside. I know a lot of people did in the morning. I didn't. I got on the trainer and did a bunch of stupid sweet spot sets. So, but it's good workout. Yeah, I needed that. I needed a couple hours. Um, I still have Rebecca's Private Idaho in a week and a half and then the cross season starts um right away too so that's fun uh yeah so that was fun yes what are you gonna do at rebecca's private idaho i'm doing i'm just doing the like the medium race medium, right? i'm okay. not doing what you've done in the past i did it last year and it okay. like it fit in well with everything cross season and whatnot so it's like 65 miles or something like that 
Uh, so yeah. Um, and then uh, yesterday, um, our team had our first cyclocross practice out at Vancouver Lake uh, Canyon Park, oh. and we had almost twenty people there. There was like nineteen people Fantastic. there. Fantastic. Yep. What time is practice? It's at six thirty. Okay. Vancouver Lake Park. Yeah, Vancouver Lake Park. I think okay. there will be another one next um, next Monday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jerry Pruitt uh, has been putting these on. He says he's not a coach, but he's a great coach. Yeah, he's, he's been doing it a long time. Yeah, yes. He, um, he knows the skills um, and how to teach them. He sets up different obstacles for us. We run different drills, cornering drills and what, dismount drills. Can we just say, like, what a rock star for all, all the things he does. Yes. He does a lot of things that are, that, you know, you would say like, what would you call that? Like just non-thankful type work that just doesn't get noticed. And he just kind of like prods the team and makes the team better, in my mm. opinion. Yes. Good person. Thank yep. you. So, so it was so for the thankless job. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry Pruitt, for putting those on. So yeah. we're hoping to do a few more of those. So cool. It was good. Uh, that's it. Fun. Fun. <laughs> I rode my bike. Man, that was like all Shortest of us ever. all of us done in in less time than a lot less time than Lance's full one story. His, norm, the last his normal story is an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And so this was 15 minutes total for all of us. So that's pretty good. That's not bad. Very cool. Um do you want to call up Champ Bailey and, and do any Champ Bailey things or do we not have things going on in the world you of bet. Uh, We do? You yeah. betcha. Well, then let's You betcha. What? Let's, let's uh Champ oh, here. There he is. Champ here. Champ here. <laughs> Champ nice. here. There was no UCI races that happened this okay. week. Actually, Ooh. that's not true. There might have been something, but nothing that really mattered. Everybody's getting ready for the Vuelta España. The biggest race that happened this Fun. last weekend was Steamboat Gravel. Okay. So yep. the Steamboat Gravel race happened. It is in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Um, we actually had three teammates that all went and did right. the race. Um, hooray for Chris Surratt. He actually that. was able to finish the 60-mile race after his almost deadly uh, bike crash uh, that uh, Jake and I were both there and witnessed. Well, I witnessed it more than Jake did uh, because Jake was ahead of me and I was not. And um, Anyway, he finished it 12 weeks after this bad crash and was able to complete it. So good on you, Chris. Way to go, buddy. We're proud of you. So that was he, you know, obviously he didn't race fast and didn't want to go fast. He just didn't want to not go. And it was a, it's been a goal that has spurred his rehabilitation, yeah. his recovery. It's, so again, we, we say it all the time, put something on the calendar and he kept that on the calendar. It was always there. And that was a good thing for him to have his eyes set on so he could focus on doing that as opposed to just saying, screw this, I'm done. Yes. You know, correct. Like other people sitting at the table. <laughs> it's not, you're, you're just not getting what? progress. That's all, Jake. <sighs> so anyway, okay. good for you, Chris Surratt. Uh, Don Schloth Don Schloth also went, um, had some goals and crushed his goals. a boy. Yep. Uh, Don is coached by our teammate Ian, Ian Gibson, Gibson. Yep. and so that coaching really helped Don just beat his. I think he beat his like time goals by like twenty minutes or something. Oh, wow, that's significant. He was. Um, he also did the sixty mile race. Okay, and then uh, Andy Levine, um, our teammate Andy Levine, did the big course, the one hundred and forty two mile race, ah. and so he got out there and uh, finished it. He did well. Sweet, so good for them. He's a big diesel. So, yes, he's yeah. a big diesel. I don't know if you recall, but last year this was the race that that created a whole bunch of beef in yes. the gravel industry in because the gravel world. Yes. Yeah, drafting and yes because they were there was like the first 50 60 miles of the race there was a group of 60 or 70 riders together and Mm -hmm. many not taking pulls skipping pulls hanging out in the back not trying to do that keegan swenson got ticked off and yelled curse words at people and then attacked to try to split up the group but it wasn't for quite a ways into that so this year um in this 142 mile race keegan swenson Attacked at mile five. Mile five. Fresh off of Leadville. <laughs> Fresh off of crushing the the record there. Yeah, absolutely crushing the record at Leadville. By did he have anyone go? Minutes. Like, did he have someone? Did he work with someone on this um, attack? There were four people that ended up going with him. So one oh. was Payson McKelvin. Uh, Brendan Wirtz went with him. It would be nice to have seen that um, in video. Yeah. You know, like kind of see the attack because it'd be interesting to see if it was like 
kind of bland, you know, like, right. Hey guys, like we need to, you want the same thing to happen last year. Let's, let's play this. Keegan game. said, I didn't like what happened last year. Yeah. So and I decided to, to go hard at the beginning and hope that, you know, a few guys would go with me. And it turned out that five or six guys would, yeah. were able to go with him. Did you fly the bird as he threw down that attack? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It would have been Screw hilarious. You guys. <laughs> Uh, Peter, uh, what's his last name? Uh, Vasek went with him. Peter is the former world tour pro that he, that almost out sprinted Keegan at unbound. Hmm. So this is also a legit, uh, gravel racer. So, um, so there were four or five of them trading poles for most of the day, but, um, Keegan ended up making another attack near like. I don't know, ten or twelve miles to go, and he ended up winning by a couple minutes. So he feels he feels a bit unstoppable right now. Which, yeah, hold that thought. Okay. Hmm. So, <laughs> um, that was that was pretty great. The other, um, and again, Keegan's girlfriend, yes, uh, uh, Sophia Villafanye, she, she also won the women's 142-mile yes. race. So good on her. So that couple is just crushing the gravel scene here in the U.S. So this is not part of the Lifetime Grand Prix Fitness, this race, but... Is there good money there? Uh, yeah. I think the winner got like like four or five grand or something like that. There was prize money for both men and women. And, and doing the bike? Yeah, and because a lot of people were in Colorado for um, unbound for uh, no for no, not unbound, for I'm sorry, Leadville, yep. and this was a week later. The last couple of years, it's been the day after. So yeah. this year, they were a week apart. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to work together, the race directors. Well, they they gonna... were initially, and they were doing this lead boat, boat challenge yeah. where yeah, right, you would right, do right. Leadville one day and Steamboat the very next day, and they had like a separate you know podium for. Who was the fastest among the lead boat challengers? I'd imagine that's going to be too tight, too close for your normal pedestrian people out there. That they would do it if it was two or a week apart, but back to back days, back. Like probably Ke- a bit much. Keegan probably won that that award. <clears throat> yes, he did <laughs> the lead boat award because he won both races yes. last year as well, yes, and this year. Right. <laughs> so anyway, but the <laughs> the cool story of the week was Lachlan Morton. He did the lead Breck boat challenge oh. which was not really a thing Some, but the breckenridge thing so so lachlan did leadville he was third then he did the breck epic six-day mountain bike stage race mm-hmm. in breckenridge and he won that um and then he did steamboat gravel and i think he was fifth wow. for in steamboat so and the, he had one day rest between the Breck epic and he's a lot of fun Steve to watch. Oh my gosh. He's yeah. a lot of fun. Be- Very cool. Not only because he's a good cyclist, but more so because he is a character, man. He is like Australian wild man, yes. like just character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, I think he, I don't know if he's posting videos about these adventures. I know he did last year or maybe his two brother, years ago. His brother is like a filmmaker. So he's sort made of, but his some, brother was a cyclist too. Yes. His brother was a cyclist too, but not really, into it anymore not not a world tour cyclist like lachlan is i think he was yes but okay yeah yeah so yeah anyway it's it's very cool that ef education is still supporting lachlan and he's getting he's getting exposure for that team in the u.s for sure in a different way in a different way by doing this whole by being crazy by being crazy we love it yeah so good for you lachlan so um that's it champ out champ out can't bail it out. <laughs> Thanks, champ. Guys. Oh, God. Here it comes. Oh, no. Hot, 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 I feel like we just lost. dropped li- a hot seat. <laughs> we're losing. We're losing listeners. With our, um, okay. Okay. It's been a minute. We haven't hot done seat. hot seat in a little while. Um, it's about so time. Let's, let's bring it back. Why not? Lance? Yes. You want to go first? Okay, I'll go first because my question is right topically. Whatever. Is there a better American cyclist than Keegan Swenson? So hot. You got to listen naked. Well, that's I'll a, put my pants back on. Yeah. That's a great question. Better American cyclist than Keegan Swenson. So, okay, cuz cuz you just threw cyclists out there. So what if Sep Kuz That's what I was going to say. Jumped Sepp on Kuz. a mountain bike or a gravel bike. I bet Sep Kuz could actually 
could, hold his own. Could hold his own. I believe that. And 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 for just talking cyclists, then we have to be thinking like road cyclists. But we're th- we're saying all around basically, which and what about know. the likes of like Matteo Jorgensen? Jorgensen. That's another like world tour pro. Yep. Nielsen Palace. Yeah. Yes. Another world tour pro. And, and again, this is like who would win one day? Who would win in the mountains? Who would win on a weird Leadville, you know, starting at 10,000 feet and climbing over gravel? Like it's almost like, oh, well, all these different Americans would potentially do well. So, so who do you pick for overall? Well, you it's know a lot more about Keegan Swinson than probably all of us here, um, myself and Matt. I think, I think he could ride on a world tour team. I Probably. don't think that he could be a Seb Kuss on a world tour team, who, like a super dope, super domestique. So Keegan has power numbers that rival Seb Kuss, um, and and he's it, and got it, the right build. He's got the right build. He's like 140 pounds. He's mm. a he's like five, I don't know. He's like five six or five eight and 140 pounds. He's not a big guy, right. but but he does these monstrous power numbers, and it seems like that altitude doesn't affect him as much as. It affects everybody else. So his power numbers from Leadville rivaled or were better than what Pogaccia and Vingigo did on the big climbs at the Tour de France. His 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 watts per kilogram and his power numbers were better than that. But it's it part of that is because altitude doesn't quite affect Keegan as much for whatever reason. It's just because he's a freaking nature or whatever mm-hmm. and so but set Kuss being born and raised in durango yep. at elevation um that's somebody he that could probably rival what keegan does or could whoop keegan and 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 sep also has a mountain bike background yeah. you know what are keegan swenson's bike handling skills like i mean we know that he can drop it like it's hot on uh, like like Leadville's not a technical it's not race. I mean, there are some stuff things in there that might require a little bit of technical skills, if you will. But all the gravel racing he's doing, there's not really a lot of like overly technical things on there. So I you mean, live on a bike like that. I think he, you got to expect him to have very sound, like sound bike technical skills. He won the national championship XC mountain bike okay. race. There's some uh, skills world, right there. You know, the national championship like three years, three yeah. three times in a row or something like that. So yeah, are, are we he's talking got skills. all around best American cyclist? Are we talking like a particular discipline? Or? Nope, I'm just saying cyclist. I'm going to have to go out and say that he's pretty phenomenal, but I think that Sepquist being on the biggest and best team in the world, being paid as one of the best super domestics out there on the market right now. I mean, Keegan has been offered a pro contract to go ride on a world tour team and he turned it down. Correct. Correct. Now, and he did, he did race the world championships last year, not mm-hmm. this year. He went and raced the world championships last year. And, and how did he do? He finished in the pack. In the peloton. Okay, so I mean, he hasn't really proven himself on that front. And and is is that the measuring stick for like what the best cyclist is? Is like how you were performing at a Grand Tour? Good question. I I don't know. That's a that's a tough question to say. I mean, I don't know. I I kind of like Keegan. I think that what he does is pretty fantastic. He's a phenomenal cyclist yeah. with a huge engine, and a lot of like skills. Seems like he likes the off-road stuff more than he likes the on-road stuff. Otherwise, he'd probably be on a pro team making probably quite a bit more money than he's making now. I maybe I bet his I don't know I bet he's doing what's right for him financially. Mm. That's my gut feeling. So here's here's my thought. He is in the U.S. living where he wants to live. He lives in Tucson during the winter, and he lives in Heber City near Park City yep. in Utah during the the rest of the year. He's around all his friends, he's around all his family, and he probably gets paid close to what he would if he had a pro world tour contract. So you think he's making seven figures riding as a privateer? It's probably pretty close. Which I don't think he would get contract-wise on a world tour team. He wouldn't. That's my hot take. And he'd be living... In Europe. In Europe. Yeah. In in a whole different situation. Away from your friends and family. How much money is Sepp Kuss being paid, though? Probably more probably than bank. Keegan. Yeah, probably, probably more than Keegan. Probably well into the seven figures, if not yeah. like two plus maybe. I don't know. We could probably maybe reference that. And is that economic 
um, exchange that 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 contract that he's getting dollar wise does that like give him a little bit more clout based on the fact that they're paying him based on his skills and his ability as a cyclist and him being an American cyclist if he's making more money does that technically mean that he's more valuable which could also be a better cyclist in yeah. general I mean yeah, maybe I, I mean know. Being part of a world tour team, we talked about this last week a little bit. Matteo Jorgensen is going from uh, Movistar to Yumbo uh, yeah. Visma. It's probably a bigger paycheck. And if we're he's honest. not only getting a bigger paycheck, but now he's part of a system and a, and a team that has a bigger budget that will probably be able to squeeze a little bit more performance out of Matteo Jorgensen. It's going to be tricky just because there's so many heavy hitters on that team. Like He might not have the same opportunities that he might on a smaller team. Yeah, I don't know. It's a trade-off. It's like better altitude camps, less worry about you know, where you... You know where you live or what you're doing. He or, may mesh with the team better. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It's interesting. That's a good question. Yeah. So what? What say you? Is he the best in the American or American cyclist? Is he the best? I think it's hard to vote against Seth Kuss, <laughs> To be honest with you, after seeing after seeing that he's already done the Giro and the Tour de France, and helped his teammates win both races, mm-hmm. and he's also going to be at the Vuelta. It's hard to argue against what and Seth and He's does. also a guy that, if he really wanted to, he could go into a GC position. Whether or not that, that would happen yeah. on Jumbo Visma, it's not going to happen right now because you get two guys that are you know firmly entrenched in that position, but he could easily go to another team. I mean, like... <sighs> I want to say Ineos, but that that will not use that. But there's plenty of other teams out there that could put him into a, a GC role, yeah. support him, and he could probably finish on the podium. Maybe. I don't know if he's going to win, but he could do pretty damn well. But I tell you what, the most of the U.S., probably more than the U.S., the cycling world was a bit shell-shocked to see what Keegan did at Leadville. Oh, yeah. That was the guy who took second place, Alexei Vermeulen, um, was trying very hard to win that race, mm-hmm. and he was 23 minutes down yeah. from Keegan. Yeah, he. I mean, the people were crossing that finish line and were just like wide-eyed, like, "What the hell did I just see? Yeah, what just happened? Yeah. How did how did he do that? So I that's yeah. Is it suspicious? I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking about, so do I need to hit a button over here? <laughs> I, I mean, he's what, 28, 29 years old? Keegan, I don't I don't think he's that old. I thought he was about that age. He might be. I I, I don't know. I, I applaud him for what he's doing. I applaud him for like keeping it here in the States and, and doing all of the big races that 29. we have here in the States and, and doing incredibly well. I'm just like, all right, well, if you're that good, why wouldn't you go test yourself and and try the next level up go he's making, go to Europe because he's making enough money in the US living where he wants to live around his friends and family doing the things he wants to do I, I, doing his own programs that's why I think he's, he's probably like, making more money doing this he I might mean, be if you really look I mean the real money is sponsorship right yes. he's going to have much more sponsorship opportunities versus signing all of it away for one team and signing on to yes. their sponsorship thing because he can pick how many sponsors do you think he has i don't know probably 20 tons yeah he yeah. can take on as many as he wants so yeah so i and all that money goes to him there's not as much overhead the team all that stuff i don't know i think he's making more money that's my hot take it's a pretty charm life yes getting to do yeah. what he's doing here and everywhere he shows up he's the man granted if he were to go do a grand tour he's like one of a bunch of people he's yes. not going to be the man so well, he gets to travel with his girlfriend yeah yep his girlfriend's she's doing the same money. races. She's also making money. Yep. She's also on the uh, Santa Cruz hit team. squad. She's hit on squad, She's yeah. on the factory team as well. I'm going to say Sepkus is the, the best American cyclist. However, I, I would have to go on like a subset of that and say that Keegan Swinson's the one that's doing it right. I, I kind of like that. Mm. I mean, there's a point in time it's like, well, how much money do you really need to make? I mean, if you're young and, you, and this is sustainable and you can do it for years and it, it's working for you, He's going to have a long career after this as well because he's making such a name for himself here in the States and, and 
you know, people are going to probably keep him on for, you know, a multitude of different things, like just to rep the brand because he's done such phenomenal things in his time. Yes. What bike company is he with? Santa Cruz. Cruz okay, yeah. So they're both. Okay. God, there's there's a lot of things that that he can continue doing to make money off of the name that he's building for himself here versus like if Sepp Kuss came back here, is he going to have that same clout because he hasn't really done the, the local racing here like Keegan has? He's not going to necessarily have the same uh, cachet with, with that community. I mean, granted, right. he's Sepp Kuss and he's making plenty of money and everybody knows who he is, but Keegan's doing stuff here in his own backyard that's going to play in his favor for many, many years to come. Sepkus probably could do that, but he's not going to have the same reputation because he doesn't have the relationships like Keegan does because yeah. he's at all the races. So mm. I'm going to say Sepkus is the better cyclist. I'm saying that Keegan Swinson is the one that's doing it right. I like that. Right. I, I kind of agree with Jake, and I hate to agree with anyone, but yeah, I think Sepkus actually has the potential. This is a, a long shot. But I think he kind of wants to take on a Grand Tour at some point. Like, I think he wants to be like, yeah, I've, been the, I've been the Super Domestique. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a Tour de France, but I think it's like one of the Grand Tours yeah. that he wants to take on and try and try and do it. Yeah. See what he's, see what he's really capable of. I don't think and, that happens until Roglic goes somewhere else. It may be, you may be right. I just think that if that does happen, and that's another big thing, like, could he actually win one? And, but like to be talked about with that group of like potential winners of a grand tour, yes, then you kind of got to give them the nod, yeah, right. And yeah, and I think that's regardless of money. I think that you know he probably does pretty well. Other big American cyclist, this girl's name's Viola. Here, let me show you a video of her. She's definitely one of the best cyclists. <laughs> yeah. She's like a, a bike ballerina. She does like, you know, you stand on the bikes and you spin around and do all this stuff. Better bike handling than... The stuff uh, that these ladies can Keegan's, do on these bikes is insane. It's Her bike handling skills put um, Keegan's to shame, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, the, you know, I think that there's a multitude of answers that, that of people that could potentially top uh, Keegan Swenson for sure. So, hmm. all right. You win. Final answer. You win, Matt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool that was a good one I, that that was kind of actually tough to answer a lot tougher it than was. i thought if you yeah. like really start breaking real it down hot. so it's a real hot seat question oh, really yeah. hot hot yeah. matt legrand you got okay. a hot seat question yes, for us and following up on the discussion that i had at the beginning with my backpedal discussion that i was talking about bike computers uh what would it take for you guys to switch away from one of the major brands basically your common <laughs> Ooh, that's hot. You just threw that one straight into the frying pan, dude. Here's the thing. Um, I find it very interesting that the Hammerhead Crew computers were like almost half off, you know, recently. Yeah. And I expect that, and I have heard no rumors, but I expect like a Hammerhead Crew 3, three. to yeah. pop up. And that, that seems logical. I don't know. They discount the twos makes, like knowing I've, that I've a heard, three is going to yep, come I've out. I've heard no rumors. Yeah. I've heard no rumors, but I'm starting a rumor now. What would it take to rip you Rip your Wahoo, what, you're on the... I'm on the Wahoo You're bolt. on the Rome? Oh, you're the Bolt? I'm the Bolt. And you're on the Rome. Correct. What would it take to rip that out of your hands? It, would, like, something like wireless charging, where you put it down and you have Qi charging, would you care about that at all? Not really, but that would be no. kind of a cool little It'd be thing. a great little thing. Yeah, but that, that's just another thing you that know. you need to purchase to set the damn thing on, right? Yeah, I mean, sure. So... I'm I'm perfectly fine with USB C. Plug, okay. Yeah, that's that's fine. Would you? I don't know. What other crazy features could there be? What if it was like able to estimate your um, aerodynamic drag, just that calculating pretty, using weather information? Pretty stinking cool. You, it knows your speed. It knows weather information. It knows the watts that you're putting out. And you could roughly try to figure out like your position on the bike. You I'm, I'm randomly throwing yeah. out like there is one thing that exist. I think would be pretty cool. Okay. Um, the RTL 715 or RCT, no, whatever the the the, the radar with the camera, the video yeah. camera. The 715 has the video. If there was some way for it to connect display and that. and display the the video of the cars coming up from you behind, it's your backup camera. Yeah. Beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> that goes no. along with what with what I would like to see, but go ahead, Jake. So I, I wouldn't mind having that there just so you can do a quick glance down to see like where the car's at with respect to you know not having to look over your shoulder, therefore like mm -hmm. deviating and whatnot. If you can just look down and kind of see where that car's at, what color the car is, 
confirm that there is in fact just one car or maybe three yeah, cars just yeah. to be able to see that stuff quickly without having to look over your shoulder that would be kind of a cool little feature to see absolutely i would expect that to come from garmin just because of the integration but what would it take like if it just had that feature so the hot seat question like if it just had one feature like that would that be enough Maybe it depends on the feature, obviously, but well, I, I'm currently using Wahoo. I love Garmin. I think that they make a fantastic product, yeah. but I would consider if that was proprietary to Garmin, that's something I'm like, hmm, I think yeah. I might want to go back over to that. Yeah. We, uh, I think the three of us probably are easier to jump ship because price sensitivity isn't there. We have access to a lot of devices yeah, and yeah. so we're probably less loyal than, yes. than a lot of people. Yes, that's probably very true. Because what, about, what about you? What, what kind of feature would consider? There's two things. Okay. Um, I want a heads-up display so I don't have to look down at my stupid... I don't have to look at my stem. It'd be nice to have a heads-up display. That built showed, into the sunglasses? Built into my sunglasses yeah. somehow. That didn't interfere with my vision, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, speed, power... Uh, There's quite uh, a few a companies... View, that, view of yeah. the backup camera. Yeah. Um, that would be something very cool that that I could see all my metrics while I'm riding, not having to look down, mm-hmm. but looking straight ahead. There's There's been a couple of companies that have tried. And it hasn't really washed out real well yet. Nothing's like exploded and been like Correct. popular. Yeah. Yeah. But it'd be nice to have rear camera, oh, like man. video showing, like on your glasses in the right-hand corner. I'd or love not like to that. look at my stem. I agree with you. Yeah. Like looking down your stem is like just another chance to take your eyes off the road. Yeah. The other thing is, a can a a, uh, a front facing recording camera mm-hmm. that was integrated with a very small bike computer. Like, don't change the size of a bike computer, but has a front facing camera on it. Hmm. What so, about a light? Would you like having a little light on there absolutely. too? Absolutely. If all those things were integrated into one thing that had a bike computer. That would, also had a light. A, yeah, a, light would a, kill the battery, I think. Yep, and it had, and had a camera. If it had all those things, very cool. That'd, so. be, that'd be interesting. The other thing I would like to see, and this might just be a software thing, is when I'm riding in a new location that the bike computer would tell me um, what Strava segments nearby I have a shot at Ooh. getting. That's a cool thing. Like I'm in a new place. Oh, there's easy pickings on this Strava segment. You go down there and hold 500 watts for 30 seconds and it's yours. Or Easy. Sounds easy. Easy pickings. 500 watts for... (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not like not easy pickings, but... 500 watts for three seconds? These are within your... 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. Well, if it knows your power profile and your your, your size and what kind of segments you typically go after, what kind of a... Rider, are you a climber? Are you a rollier? Are you yes. a sprinter? What are you? That'd be kind of neat. That'd be, be kind of. Cool. It'd be great if you could, like, as you're, you know, turning it on. Do you want to go after segments? Yes. Like, yes. Because because if you, if you're Seb Kuss, like everything is open to him. Correct. Right. right. And uh, and so he would get that message all the time. That would be annoying. He would want to turn that feature off. But Lance, on the other hand. <laughs> Yeah, I'm you, not Sepkus. You would want to go after those babies. <laughs> I can't. I don't get uphill segments. Yeah. Well. So. Anyway, I thought I thought those two things would be cool. That's interesting. Heads up display. Tell me what segments to chase. That's awesome. I love it. I feel what like, about you, Matt? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm even. I feel like I'm the worst person because will I jump ship? Yeah, I'm highly likely to put three or four computers on the front of my bike and see what's what. Um, but yeah, I mean, any sort of innovation stuff, I'm going to try to spend some time checking out. So. I don't know. I think I'm a bad judge of character for that stuff. Hmm. I mean, price, I really do think that price is important. And I, I think a lot of times, you know, it's easy to overlook. I imagine that the new um, Hammerhead Crew 3, if it does ever come out, would be a $450 computer at least to kind of like match where Garmin is with their with their 840 device. So I don't know. I'm, I'm 1040. What um, would 1040 it, is more expensive. That 1040 is like 600 bucks yeah. or more. Yeah, or you're right. Yeah, it's that's right. when they have their like they have one with um, solar panels built into yes. it and stuff. I don't know if solar panels really has sold me. You probably get you you just don't get enough back for the solar panels. What would Hammerhead have to do for you personally to be like shipped over to their very, computer? I'd say very little. I would love to be able to put it down on a Qi charging system and be like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just charged. I don't have to like plug anything in. Just Throw it on. I mean, I'd love to be able to take you know all the little things off my bike and throw it on one Qi charging station, just like all of it charge up. Mm-hmm. That would be magical. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I don't think they would have to do a ton. I think that um, I wouldn't mind if that device was a little bit lighter weight, like if it went on a little bit of a diet. The big thing for that device is I think the battery life is a little crappy. It's not like a little. It's six, very crappy. It's yeah, true. Six it's, or seven hours. Yeah. yeah. So so I would try to tackle the 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 negatives that people are throwing out. Like that's you know that's this kind of like low hanging fruit in a lot of ways. It's hard stuff to do, but it's like the, these are the complaints for this device. This is why people would choose a different device over that one. So I would mm-hmm. try to tackle that stuff first. Yeah. yeah, it's a great computer though. Great computer. You need an app, in my opinion. They definitely need an app, and they should get over themselves. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think they will now because they're under new ownership. There's less like die on the die on the cross. Like this is my decision. We're not going to have an app. the The device itself is a smartphone. Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. It's not. It's a bike computer. I, I really like how they're running that company. And the fact that they're reaching out to us and they're asking us, is it like a dealer? Like oh, yeah, questions. Yeah. They're sending us out constant information and about updates and, really? and like, hey, what is it that you know people are telling you? What kind of feedback can you give us? I mean, they're 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 plugged in. They're listening. So I think they've got something up their sleeve. They haven't disclosed to us what what's right. coming down, but I think it's imminent. They, it has they to be. kind of got screwed over by Shimano being like, yeah, you're not going to have access to our gearing information. Hmm. A lot of people were like, that sucks. Yeah. And that a lot of people didn't do the updates for like the past, whatever, yeah. six months because they don't want to lose their access to yeah. their Shimano gearing information. At the end of the day though, how important is that really? To know like what gears you were in or how many shifts you made. Well, then how important is the whatever update they make? We don't know what that update is because, you know, it's some feature that you don't have access to or some small thing or software update or whatever because they do updates every two weeks. Yeah. So if you're happy with the computer the way it was and it had Shimano shifting, then don't update. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they come out with something new, but that will be a... Oh, kind of a fun little computer to look at because they got to do something because they mm-hmm. were leading the pack with their they quick were. predictive climbing and then all of a sudden they were third fiddle. I mean, they they kind of got left behind. They really haven't done a whole heck of a lot of innovating since. Right. But um, you but, have to. But that brief moment, it was like, wow, these guys are doing something cool, and yeah. it was like just them for a yeah. year doing yeah. neat stuff. Yeah. So who knows? I was pleasantly surprised when I we. I don't think it's Brighton doing the innovative so, stuff. No. Brighton, Brighton Video, they're they're a little bit behind. A little bit. Yep. That's okay. You guys ready for mine? Yep. Yep. Um, Hot seat question. <laughs> Feel the heat. Do you guys need to change my mind? I oh. watched a little documentary about. Um, was it called Oppenheimer? Huh? Oppenheimer. I didn't want to see that. Was it Barbieheimer? What was the Barba? What's the Barbieheimer? You you went to see Barbie? I saw Barbie. Did you see Oppenheimer? I have not yet. Okay, I haven't seen I it. Definitely. Did you really see either. Barbie? What? You yeah. went and saw Barbie? He my dressed, whole family was he going. Dressed I dressed up for it. Up for it. <laughs> I wore like a pink shirt and everything. I had a I had a pink BMC shirt that I wore my pink BMC shirt. Where did you get a pink BMC shirt from? At, at I don't know some sort of at some, expo. At some expo. Did at, they just give it to you? Yes. Oh jeez. He's Lance freaking Hepler. <laughs> I'm Lance freaking Hepler. Of course they're gonna this, give it to him. This been, exact shirt you're wearing, Jake, yeah. but in pink. Really? Yes. The orange shirt, huh? Yeah. You can tell right now that that we're really jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Every I've single one of all of our listeners. I've worn it. Once, yeah, to the Barbie movie. I'm like, hey, I got a pink shirt. I'm gonna wear it to the Barbie. Hold on, yeah. I've been working with those guys for six plus years now. No pink shirt. I've had one hat given to me and one T-shirt given to me. Come on, guys. Well, I went to I went to 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 one expo and I got two hats and two T-shirts. I'm gonna shut up now. That's funny. All right, so I watched this little documentary called Never Enough, and Lance might know what I'm talking about. Mark Cavendish story. Oh, oh! I did watch that. Lance tells me he's like, "You got to watch the video." I'm like, I "Guy's did. a jackal." He's always gonna be jackal. Well, you got to go watch the documentary. You might change your mind. Still an asshole. <laughs> Changed my okay. mind. Why? Okay. What? Here's my. What is the big infatuation with this guy? Okay. He. I don't know. Here's the. Here's my try to change your mind. Because I think he's a jackass too, because of some of the stuff he's done in the past. But yeah. here's 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 my try to change your mind. The people in the Peloton like him yes those people know him better than the three of us yes but only by a little bit yes <laughs> and so his teammates I, love him i think it's one of those things where you kind of got to trust the people that know him best i don't know if i can agree with everybody in the peloton liking him How's, what's peter sagan think of him 
Peter Scott might have some differences. <laughs> well, they butted heads, literally. literally. Peter, <laughs> Peter Sagan kind of like tells it how it is. He's one of those guys that there's no like. He has no reason to lie or. Yeah, be, he's just like, like he's always just been himself, and he just kind of tells it how it is. He like speaks the truth, you know. He's kind of my uh, my litmus test for the but, Mark Cavendish. But Garrett Thomas, what's his nickname? Jertaint. Jertaint Thomas <laughs> has like you don't go. Hop on the front, like do a poll for a guy on a different team, like he did. And he if, took if, a poll at the end to lead him out. He was on a different team for and, Cavendish. And you don't do that for a guy that's the, not like Giro. your dude, your your guy. And I just think Were you talking about that the the uh, tour when I think it was at the tour. No, it was at the Giro. No. Was, was it the, the Giro? It was at the Giro and um your taint was at the front. <laughs> your taint, <laughs> so good. He was at, he was at the front of the of the peloton because he was trying to stay safe. And he looked over and saw Cav, Cav, oh. and he like, I'm gonna pull for him. And yep. he went right to the front and pulled for him. And Cav won the stage. They're former teammates. They're yeah. former when, teammates. When G was you know yes. on Sky and Cav was on Sky, exactly. You know, they are former teammates. They know each other quite well. Sure, obviously. Gertaint thinks that <laughs> thinks very highly of him, and I trust Garrett hmm. Thomas. I trust him. Hmm. So that's my attempt. And I did not see the documentary. Does the documentary make him look like a family man or a little, little bit? bit. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, they thing. also talked about the fact that you know he had his son. And three days later, he left left <laughs> to go train, train. for the the, mm. the the tour. And I mean, granted, that's that's what he has to do. That's work and that's his job. Kind of let his wife know ahead of time before they started having kids that that was going to be hey, the, this is the my deal. Job, but and I'm going to have to leave for most. You know, how many kids yeah. does he have? Is it like three. five kids? Five. Yeah. That's five kids. I only saw three in the video. Yeah, because he killed two of them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Is it from other, other women <laughs> no, or something? No, I think he has five <laughs> kids all women. with her. I'm not sure. I'm Are you that. sure? No, I thought not. it was only three. They only showed three in the documentary that I can remember, but maybe I missed something. But I don't. He. He has gone through a lot of stuff. I mean, he dealt with clinical depression. He dealt mm. with dealt with the Epstein Bar. He dealt with you know plenty of crashes and injuries. And yeah. you can kind of see him start to change and kind of see did his morality mortality. Did you guys see that he like this last crash was like the first time he had broken his collarbone or something yes, like that. And I was like, correct. wow, can yeah. you imagine like his career and being like, yep, first time breaking the collarbone. He actually like, shattered it. Ugh. So he actually had to have a. Uh, bone graft done in there he had to take bone out of his hip are you sure that he didn't break it when he had the run in with sagan in the fence i know that he broke his scapula and i think i could have swore he broke his collarbone they just mentioned that that this was his first time and i was just very surprised by that so there was um and they showed this crash pretty pretty uh extensively i think it was perry nice if i'm not mistaken where he ran into the barrier went straight into a barrier and like flew over the bars And just got belly flopped on the ground and smacked his head and just he was on the ground for a while. That was a pretty nasty crash it too. Was. But you know he did have a reputation in the peloton for a while of like, hey, don't sit on this guy's wheel, don't be around him. He crashes a lot, so mm. I don't know. He uh, he's dealt with some stuff, and sometimes those head injuries can metastasize themselves into some yeah, behaviors all, and, and attitudes us. that <laughs> exactly that um, you know don't really set well with other people, or he can be like snappy and whatnot. But even when you saw some of the earlier videos of him like just snapping and being a complete jackass right. to the like the media guys, you know his wife is trying to defend him, saying, "Oh, he's never had any media training." Well, you don't need to have media training to be to not know, be a, an a, a courteous person. Like yeah. you're in, in a position that you need to be thankful for. That doesn't give you full like you know, a, like just a, a blank check to say, "I am going to treat you however I want to treat you, and mm. I'm going to choose to treat you like a jackass." And and that's going to be my mo. And that's kind of how he was with uh, the media for a long time. If you if you don't like what they're asking, don't answer. Just move on. You know, you don't need to. Just go out there and, and treat humans like that. But it's not just he the media. Not, he has not dealt with the media very well. Yeah. He's also not dealt with some of his soigneurs very and well. The mechanics mm, that mechanics. he's undressed. Yeah. And yeah. There have been plenty of times in the Peloton where you know he just seemed like he was just a fill-in-the-blank guy to people that wasn't very nice. Yeah. You know, but Sagan's done the same thing, especially in the Peloton. With other riders? Yes. How so? Just barging his way into spots that he didn't have room to get into. Mm, so. Yeah, I don't know. I but just, that's what sprinters do. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. They they got to take those chances. If you don't take those chances, then you're not winning, right? According to Wikipedia, 
him and his wife, Petra Todd, have mm-hmm. four kids together, and she had a son from a previous relationship. Ah, okay. So he's got so one step, step and yep, four, four of his kids. own. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I I respect what he has accomplished in his career. And it was it was kind of cool when they showed some of the videos of him as a little kid, like a yeah. little kid when he was doing like his 12 first twelve or thirteen, his, or even that, you 10. know, something like that, doing like crit races on his bicycle, and they're you know talking to him about like you know how did you feel today, how are you feeling about tomorrow, and you're getting ready to go to this other big race, and that was kind of a fun, neat thing to see. And you see some video of him in his like early twenties, probably even twenty years old, winning like you know track championships, and seeing him you know do all of the things that he's done throughout the course of his career. I mean, Grant. There's only one other person that's won 34 stages, and I still think that Eddie Merckx is a better all-around cyclist than, than Cavendish is. He's definitely, hands down, the best sprinter of all time. Is he the best stage winner in the Tour de France? I don't think so. Okay. But, um, you know, he's won World Championship, UCI World Championship. He's worn the yellow jersey before. Yes. He's, you know, he's done a lot of stuff, but I, and I respect that, but I just don't care for him as a person and i don't think that there's anything that you can do to change my mind and i think that that video probably painted or that documentary probably painted the best possible picture for him and there's still moments there where you're like eh, don't try and justify you know way that he treated people and the things that he did i'll say this after watching that documentary yes i felt better about him mm-hmm. than i did before um i've also he's been on a, a couple of like he's come on Lance Armstrong's podcast, The Move, a couple of times, sure. and and they love the guy, yeah. Even though um, Armstrong originally said he's done, he's washed up, he's not going to win another stage, and then he turned around and won yeah. four stages last year. Well, that was twenty twenty one, not last year, but yeah, yeah, twenty twenty one. There were no sprinters left in the field. Let's be honest, yes. call spade a spade. I mean, there there was nobody there to contest him for the most part, right? So all the big sprinters were gone. Yeah. Yeah, they were crushed. So it was an easier field for him. But so I, I think, yeah, I felt better about him after watching that documentary. But that was why they made the documentary, I think. And that's another thing is like, did he have anything to do with that documentary? Did did he get any kind of say over like yeah, the, he, he the, the, the narrative of it and the, the picture that it's going to paint about him? He financed the whole thing and produced it. Probably. <laughs> He was on the computer editing it. He did a hell of a job. Yeah, good job, man. He's a better editor than he is a sprinter. Really good with iMovie, yeah. (laughs) Good job. All right, well. Good question. Do you guys still think he's a good dude or is he an a-hole? Yeah. um, Like I said before, I mean, you can make the argument that he's a good dude, but meh. Can you be both? I I haven't seen it. Can you be both? Sure. We all are. Yeah. I mean, look at Lance. I've been an (laughs) a-hole. In specific situations. On this podcast. On this podcast. Today. <laughs> I still love you, Jertaint. Jertaint. <laughs> oh. That's hot. That's hot. hot. Good, good hot. That was hot. That yes. was hot. All right, let's move on. Let's do one last thing. Matt LeGrand, you want to go? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, posted a video last week talking about the Apple Watch Ultra after 300 days. Did some fancy After Effects in there. Check that video out. Up, I have a couple of videos that I'm working on. Ooh, hold on. Yeah. What's that video view-wise? When you came in to do the podcast on uh, Friday, it had only been up for like, what, an hour or two, and you'd already had 1,000 views? Is yeah, it like... It's, it's, it's nothing crazy. Is, this, is it going bonkers? Let's tell you. Hold on. Hold, please. I should have prompted you with this um, ahead of time, so I'm going to win. 9,000. 9.1. 9, 9. It's actually 9.3. There's always a delay for... Oh. You can actually see like you more get to real see time. more real mm-hmm. time. Yep. Yep. That's a good thing about being on the back end. But anyway... <laughs> yeah, I am going to have a couple more videos talking about Apple Watch Ultra stuff. I bought a watch for $17, which is an Apple Watch Ultra knockoff. Hmm. And uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Can you have a showdown between that $17? and the Casio? $17? $17. Did I hear that right? Yeah. So it's That's interesting. less than the lunch I'm going to go buy yeah. when I leave it's, here. It's, so it's interesting because like your just expectations are so low for this thing. And... Um, <laughs> It kind of works in some ways. Like it doesn't really. Like it doesn't. Like there's funny thing. There's really funny things about it. Like it'll. Um, I don't want to blow the the video for people, but like the flashlight part. Like you can do a thing in a button and it turns the flashlight on. It does tell time correctly, 
it thinks that you it thinks that you can call people and so you like put my wife in there or whatever and it just doesn't do anything. So you like <laughs> click on click on her name, nothing, nothing does nothing. Happens. You try to dial a phone number, you press the thing, nothing happens or whatever. Uh it says you can like run with it and all this stuff. So I took it for a run and it's not really accurate at all for measuring distance. And then like once you like click done or whatever, the information is gone. Like it doesn't save your information at all. It's just really? gone. Um, so funny, funny things like that. The best part is the watch says that it can do blood pressure, which no watch on the, well, I mean, there are, there is one watch on the market that can do this, but like, it's like this thing and it like puffs air into the watch band and stuff like that. So there are watches that do this sort of, but no real watch company does this. This thing says it can do that. You hit the blood pressure app or whatever, and it just throws a number out there. <laughs> this is your blood pressure. It's like 118 over 81. I'm like, yes, that's pretty good because my blood pressure tends, tends to be a little bit high. And I'm like, it's just making something up. It there's like no possible way. <laughs> it's not puffing up your wrist. No, it's there's, not. There's no technology there that could potentially come up with. So it does not hesitate to just make up numbers. So it's a hilarious it's a device. Chinese wow. It's, um, have you ever heard of the website Timu? Yes. And so, yeah, they, they have funny commercials sometimes and stuff like that. It's like all like really, really cheap stuff. It's it's really funny. Like if you look on the back of this watch, it has the exact information that the Apple Watch Ultra got on the back. So it says like titanium, sapphire, waterproof <laughs> under 50. Like this is like something that's on the Apple Watch Ultra. It's like around the little um, blood, like the, uh, uh, the sensor. heart rate monitor sensor. Yeah. yeah, it has like this information around it. And so it's just like, Literally, they just copy and pasted that information around this thing <laughs> because there's no way it's 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 no way it's waterproof. That's the thing is like there's no way it's a sapphire lens. I'm no, yeah, not titanium. It's <laughs> not plastic. Titanium. So the watch bands you can't take the watch bands off and use it on your Apple Watch Ultra. So I'm like, man, this is not seventeen dollars wasted. Uh, but I am gonna try to swim with it before I finish up the review, which means it's it might be done. It'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna I'm kill sure. the watch. I'm gonna kill the watch, but I'm 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 saving that for the very last possible good, moment. Good choice. There's lots of things like I need to make B-roll and get videos and like show the features and all this stuff, and then it's like if I swim with it, it's gonna be dead. Ah. That's that's uh, I don't know if that video is coming up next or the rumors for the Apple Watch Ultra Two that might come up, and I've got to do I've got all the information for the Brighton Rider 750. So those are like four videos, three or four videos that I'm working on. Cool. One of those will come out this week. I still want to see a cage match between the Casio and this watch. Which the Casio, mm-hmm. it's also dead. But yeah. Yes, because you like, swam with it. <laughs> well, what's funny is that watch was given to us. Like, like this, some guy gave us like three of those watches. I was like, this is awesome. They were like, they needed the battery changed or whatever. So I made a funny video and I pretended like the thing was dead from swimming with it, but that was not actually oh, true at all. Okay, perfect. It was um, even better. It was like, is the Casio calculator watch good for triathlon? And it's like, yes, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Cool. Lance Epler, one yes. last thing. One last thing. Um, the last roadie type race that we have in this area is this weekend, the Swift Summit. Mm. Um, it's also, it's, they have a 200 mile mixed terrain race. They have a hill climb on Friday, they have a 100-mile paved race and a 50-mile paved race. You're doing so the 200-miler, right? I'm not going to it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. But you're, it's not on my plan. You're promoting. I, but, you know, it's an Ober race, and sure. there's a final kind of roadish yeah. race in the area. So there you go. Cool. That's it. Yep. You getting stoked and pumped and ready for cyclocross? Yes, I am, very much. Is this still your favorite time of the year, or do you think that this is going to take second fiddle to your mountain bike Dude, season? I freaking had a blast. It's fun to win races. Yep. <laughs> yep. I had a blast racing my mountain bike. It The 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 mountain bike races actually fit my skill set better than cyclocross does. Mm, changing of the guard so, here, huh? So I don't know what will happen. So you, Maybe we'll you're, like, I always I was always looking forward to, like, the next season or whatever and so maybe you're the same way where you're like "Ooh, this was really fun i'm really looking forward to cyclocross right. and for me it was like okay indoor track Ooh, i'm looking forward to this i'm looking forward. but yeah when you get into it i bet you'll be like oh yeah cyclocross is my favorite yeah, i, I think you, i think you will we'll see cyclocross still your favorite matt legrand mm-hmm. yeah is, is there any uh finished the race and i was like that sucked <laughs> crashed a couple times my, my <laughs> bike handling isn't that great yes i'm not good at this uh, and i thought i was gonna be good um yeah, I've been talking about cyclocross with David Goodman a lot. He's like, you have to try again. You have to come out and do it again. And I'm like, I don't even have a cyclocross bike anymore. If, but uh, he's going to try cyclocross this year. He was, so at, he practice. was, at, he was at practice last was night. Was he? Yes, he was. Good. If Lance did a triathlon, would you do another cyclocross race? 
Because you know, L- Lance I am is a very competitive person, <laughs> and I certainly am uh, he is always motivated by doing certain things. <clears throat> One of them is being a triathlete, okay. trying to be the best a, type of triathlete, is a triathlete so. that I can be, Look and try me. to uh, be as fast as I can be, the as competitive as I can be. <laughs> so yeah, so of course, of course, Lance is going to do a triathlon. Uh, I don't have to do a cyclocross race for that to happen. I could take a mountain bike out there, I guess. Oh, I would love to watch all this happen. <laughs> Maybe we need to have a bet with you guys, and you guys can uh, have the I need loser to get my, I need do to get the my mountain bike working a little bit better. Like, I feel like the brake thing is still... Still an issue? Ugh. Huh. It's just not quite right. We'll look at it. Talk we'll work to me. On it. Yeah, we'll figure something out there. We'll uh, figure it out. My one last thing, and then I do have to get to a meeting that started a minute ago. Oh, <laughs> yes, we yeah, will yeah. be fine, though. Um, is I wanted to wish a happy birthday to teammate... Terry Hamness. Yes. This will come out. Maybe we'll make it come out today just so we can say happy birthday, Terry Happy Hammes. birthday, Terry. Maybe, maybe there's some cover happy art birthday, there, too. Terry. I don't know. Maybe there's something. Oh. Maybe maybe this has to come out a day early. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> happy birthday, Terry. Um, happy birthday, Terry. We miss you, buddy. We want you to, to get better, feel well, and be able to come out and ride and play bikes. Maybe we'll have to have a competition to see if you can come back out for a team ride sooner, Terry or me. So, <laughs> But... Uh, Terry's a great guy, and just want to wish him a happy birthday. Cool. Anything else, boys? That's it. That's it. Yep. Cool. All right. We will be back next week with another one of these, and until then, bye for now. Taint. <laughs>